to On The Couch with James Field and Ian Harris. It's episode 105 for the 16th of April, 2009. How are you doing, James? I'm very well, thanks, Ian. How are you doing? I'm doing splendidly well, and here we are on couch number 105. Or 105. All the same to me. <laughs> and so, uh, we're going to chat about the usual mix of broadcast, entertainment, technology, industry news. And anything else we happen to cook up during the course of the chat. Fantastic. Half an hour of fun from us. If you've got any feedback for us, do send it to us at feedback at onthecouchpodcast.com. Yeah, it'd be great um, to hear from you. Yeah, and write a review on iTunes. Tell your mates. See how it goes. And uh, um, keep listening. Indeedy. So, um, without much ado, I guess we'll talk a bit about uh, what's going on in the world of business. What business have we drudged up here? Well, we've got, uh, we were covering some time ago about the fact that uh, Skype had been sold to eBay. Mm-hmm. For a mere $2.6 billion, uh, mm. but it's decided to, eBay's decided to spin it off via an IPO uh, next year. So in 2010, um, eBay is going to let go of what is a nice little, nice little earner, but only a nice little earner, uh, and put it back into the wild. So how much money does Skype make? Uh, I think from memory it makes a couple of hundred million. Millions or something. Yeah. Um, which is not quite what you'd expect from a $2.6 billion company. Because, I mean, you have to disclose that, clearly, if you're going for an IPO. You've got to mm. say what your earnings are and stuff. Mm. So, um, But I guess they're saying it, it doesn't... They were hoping people were going to do click-to-buy and all this kind of stuff on eBay. But eBay's mm-hmm. gone through a bit of a metamorphosis anyway, hasn't it? Really gone from a kind of individual selling stuff to a... Yeah, more basically a, a shop. Shop, yeah, basically an Amazon competitor in, in many ways. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, uh, I mean, the only figure I've got here is that eBay, you know, Skype, are expecting, Skype is expecting to have $1 billion in annual revenues by 2012. So, yeah, yeah, I think it's around $220 million from memory. Yeah. So, it's, uh, I mean, interesting to uh, see that eBay have said that uh, Skype is a great standalone business but has limited synergies with eBay and PayPal. Yeah, PayPal, I, mean, I no can't understand. But the, yeah, and PayPal must make a lot of money. I yeah, mean, exactly. It makes a smidgen off everything that goes through it. So, mm. Not a smidgen. I tell you what, I did a transaction the other day mm-hmm. and I wanted to, for some bizarre reason, needed to receive the money in euros. Right. And they, it's a bit like buying something overseas. They caned me on the exchange <laughs> and charged oh, no. a, like a 5% fee or something. Oh, More my God, 5%. really? It was That's terrible. Frighteningly. So never take money in a foreign currency in PayPal. That's <laughs> the, the moral of the story. Indeed. Um, you might as well just send it to PayPal. Um, so, yeah, no, they, I think that's, uh, you know, is Skype going to get out there? I mean, the other VoIP, VoIP things haven't really... Mm, Skype is still the the kind of prototypical it's the de facto, VoIP. Isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. is really, and, and it is in more and more places. Like I've got Skype on my iPhone now. Mm. Um, Skype on I have a Skype phone. Um, Skype on my laptop. It's it's everywhere. And and yeah, and yeah, I guess everyone's probably used. They even come out with a Skype embedded device. That's what Asus come out with a. Yeah, that's right. Skype, but it's a basically it's a PC repackaged in an embedded format. But uh, yes, but still, it's a um, yeah standalone Skype phone. Handy so. dandy. Um, what else is happening in uh, technology? Um, those clever people at Google have released, uh, or pre-released, I suppose, 
Mm-hmm. Um, Google Android 1.5, I think, SDK has come out. Yep, and they've um, got a version for, so Android's their mobile phone operating system, but now they've got uh-huh. a version for set-the-boxes as well. Yeah. What does this well, mean? They, they did mention that early on, didn't they? I remember we talked about that a bit. Yeah, they said they were going to do it, but now... Yeah, so they allegedly have done it. But this doesn't sound, reading between the lines, doesn't sound much like a set-top box. Well, it's, it's more a media box player, the, really. It's the Owl box, which is, I guess, AU as in gold for those... Uh, oh, right, okay. <laughs> well, that's what I thought. Not like, I, I, oh, I missed that altogether. Well done. Chemistry education. clearly. It plays DVDs. The box lets you play or rip a CD Mm -hmm. and store the music in itself or transfer it to a portal media media player by USB cable. Mm -hmm. The set-top box also allows users to upload video to the device and transfer it to a mobile device. And the device also plays DVDs. It sounds a bit like a DVD player. (laughs) It does, rather. (laughs) With embedded CD riffers. Like... um, do you, do you feel threatened by this, James? Is this kind of is this is Android doesn't lap on my cage? I mean, I have seen. I saw at CES some people had Android running in uh, Wi-Fi frames or not. Oh, okay. They were they were kind of picture frame devices, right? But they had like SIP stacks and stuff in them. Okay. But um, I guess it just shows that you know it is extensible, so people can do stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is this has come from a particular branch of the um, the code as well. I can't remember the name right. of it. Um. So, yeah, more... I mean, Android doesn't seem to be... I mean, have you met anyone who has an Android phone? Yeah, I know. Uh, one of our viewers, Rob, has a, a Google phone. He quite he... likes it, but um, uh, I think Rob would be the first to admit he, you know, he, he's kind of more on the geeky side of the spectrum. Uh, yeah. So, uh, probably not a typical typical kind of mobile phone user. Yeah. I mean, most people don't really care what it's running, do they? Well, exactly. It's, it's about the functionality, how easy it is to use. Yeah, and how many cool apps it's got. I yep. Guess. And That's the, uh, yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, the app store and this kind of business, um, which Apple still is uh, set in the bar for, I guess. You so, certainly are. In fact, it's almost a problem for Apple now with so many applications that you can't, you can't find anything anymore. But that's another section, I guess. Yeah, indeed. Um, we've got to get the Apple word in somewhere. <laughs> um, now, content delivery, we've got a bit of a session here on targeted advertising, haven't we? Yeah, and I guess there's a, there's a, a bit, of, bit of kind of movement in the industry in, in a number of different fronts about targeted advertising. And right. I guess it'd be, I thought it'd be interesting to sort of explore what, what we meant by targeted advertising, who's doing what. Mm. Um, well, I guess generally advertising, yeah, I mean... Every bit of advertising is going down. I've heard like web-based advertising is going down. Google's releasing results this week. They're allegedly going to be down by, mm-hmm. you know, a significant percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, so the holy grail, I think, is going to be, you know, the targeted advertising. Yeah, and effectively, this is all about trying, instead of a scattergun approach where, you know, uh, we, we send the same ad to everybody, It's mm. we send certain ads to certain people and other ads to different people, and that way... Effectively, we can charge twice, or at least you know some. We we can increase well, the total cost. Well, I think cost. there are some problems here because at the moment the whole advertising system isn't geared up for that. No, and this is part you of can't the problem. Sell the same space twice. You know, no, the, uh, but this is what. Uh, uh, oh right, have you really? Well, no, not me personally. <laughs> but uh, but you, typically, that's the way it works. You buy yeah. a slot. You can't say well, mm-hmm. and you accept that you know uh, probably the majority of people who mm-hmm. may see that ad, it's irrelevant. But would you pay 60% of the cost of the ad if you could reach just the people that you were interested in targeting? Maybe. 
Um, it depends how it depends if I trusted someone. That's mm-hmm. the other thing because mm-hmm. a lot of the I mean on the web it's a bit different because you allegedly know who's watching. Yeah, uh, but even that's not precise. I mean a lot of these you know Alexa and all these kind mm-hmm. of and even Google they don't really know who the people are. But we'll get on to that anyway. Yeah. Um, I mean this is this is where the the uh, stories about form P H O R M which is uh, creating a bit of a fuss in the UK at the moment because there's a number of ISPs that have subscribed to this. Um, and this is the behavioural uh, analysis to sort of work out from what websites you visit, yeah, what type of consumer you are, yeah. and then make that available to advertisers. That's the exactly. Idea. But the, but I mean, it's doing it silently and without your consent. So the ISP is actually watching your internet traffic, going, "Uh huh." Yeah, but allegedly, it's all anonymized, so they don't actually know who you are. Right, but still, You're they're a, providing you know, ads based on what you've been watching, though. So. <laughs> Well, so you're stuck into a kind of a, a pigeonhole for, mm-hmm. I don't know, you might be seen as a Antipodean ang- Anglophile or something. <laughs> That's right. And maybe, maybe I'm getting ads that I actually like. Sites in Canberra and, you know, you might, you might say this person, <laughs> mm-hmm. so there might be a little slot for that. I, you know, I doubt there is, but um, you're well, unique here. It's interesting. So, We've got a couple of articles. One one from the, uh, I think it's the Telegraph, actually, that was saying that... Uh, uh, website should back form as it could be the answer to monetizing the internet in a way that it hasn't been able to so far. I mean, the funny thing is that we've got uh, the EU telecoms advisor saying, ah, this is no good, you can't do this. Um, you've got a UK government have to, has to, you know, force people to, uh, force ISPs to give you the option to opt into this. <coughs> uh, we've got um, Amazon deciding that it's going to boycott the technology altogether. Uh, and I don't know, it's a balance between privacy and actually giving you something that you really want. I mean, if I only ever saw ads that I was actually interested in, that would be, I I reckon that would be fine, but do I really want all my internet surfing stored somewhere for some... I'm sure it is anyway. I mean, let's face it, I think the ISPs have to do that anyway. They probably do need to log it for the UK anti-terrorist laws or something. And I'm, and I'm fairly certain that Google probably knows, you know, most of us these days access stuff through Google. <laughs> yeah, that's so right. I'm sure, you know, Google know where you've been. That's true. And when I type something into Google as a search term, then I get ads in relation to that. But I, that's, for some reason, that seems okay because it's kind of a transitory thing. Well, there's a, there's a mix there about people who've paid for ads against your search term, but I'm sure mm. Google, they've obviously got the ability to know what you've searched for in the past. Sure. And to infer who you might be from what you've searched for. Mm. So in a way they're doing the same, I guess. But form is form is looking to get in between Google and your mm-hmm. ISP, mm-hmm. and they're looking to say, "Look, we'll give you the ads. Don't go to Google. Yeah. We'll give them to you, and we'll share the revenue with you." So obviously yeah. that's where you know Google isn't happy with that. Mm. And I guess if I was Amazon, Bebo, or Facebook, I'm probably serving my own ads myself. Yeah. So what they're they're going to object to form because form is parasitical on their current business model. Mm. Is parasitical a word? I'm not sure it is. <laughs> it is now. It is now, yeah. Uh, um, and we've also got... Do you see what I mean? I mean, that's yeah, the way yeah. I see it. For, they're they're going to object to it, mm-hmm. and there's quite a strong objection because mm-hmm. you can say, oh, this is invasion of privacy and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And of course, forms say, you know, we're doing everything within the rules mm-hmm. of privacy. Mm-hmm. Everything's anonymized. You know? Yeah. And I think that's the bizarre thing about the internet because, you know, the classic one is on the internet, you could be a dog. Uh-huh. Um... But, you know, if you're doing direct marketing, and, and this mm. is old-style stuff where you'd get the flyers through the, the wind, through the letterbox, I mean, that's where you know who you are. You tick the box saying, yeah, send me any old crap through the mail. 
um, and they know who you are and they choose they choose you from a list so yeah, exactly the internet is really at the other end of the scale mm. maybe they, we should start sort of form two which is saying like actually no i'll fill in the questionnaire and you can send me stuff i'm interested in fine but uh, i mean that's on the web uh if we were to look at what's happening in terms of tv ads uh we have canoe ventures in the u.s that's looking at working with the well it's formed by the the larger msos to try and get to the point of getting more targeted advertising uh on tv yeah because they already have each local station there has like two minutes of local opt-out already don't mm-hmm. they? exactly something like that and then being able to to use that um to more specifically target uh advertise advertisements to a even smaller local area so you know someone living in manhattan does not want to know about um, do it yourself. A pizza store somewhere else, or something. Yeah, or pizza stores, or um, uh, the example they gave was uh, in terms of a, a do-it-yourself uh, shed that you might be advertising. You wouldn't sell that in Manhattan, but you might sell that in New Jersey. But you might want to sell uh, space-saving cupboard things in Manhattan, for example. Right. So would that be where you'd buy the slot, and then you would decide? You know, your inventory. You'd sell different things to different people, but yeah. you'd own the slot, or would yeah. you? say actually i only need this little piece i think that's what i think that's what canoe ventures are planning on doing so that they mm. they take over the slot and they'll sell it in many places over and over again and hopefully make more revenue from just the, what they would for the one slot across well, that's the all idea, yeah. and i think there's scope to do that i mean everyone once you've accepted the fact you need to have ads to mm. pay for your content yep. then more relevant ads for you is better but there's a fine line between being kind of intrusive mm-hmm. and that's true. giving you something you want you don't want you know True. Well, uh, in uh, in the UK, we've got Virgin Media who are doing uh, a trial of targeted ads, and they place mm. them around uh, TV programs on their on-demand service. So, uh, again, it's uh, does that mean they didn't have any ads before on-demand? Was this is like catch-up and stuff like that? Yeah. It? So some of it was free, some of it was paid for, but either way, some of these uh, mm. or some people, I guess, they haven't been putting it around the BBC content. Though, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but well, I don't know if you're allowed to do that. Is an interesting question. Are you allowed to? Rapper BBC con? I suppose not. I mean, they have been doing it with Channel 4, Virgin Media TV and Warner TV uh, mm. to about 100,000 homes across North London. And about right. 54% of the people in the trial gave positive feedback about the ads. Uh, 62% increased their spontaneous awareness of the brands and product products displayed. That's, what does that mean? Yeah, I don't know. That sounds, just sounds like Virgin trying to sell their inventory to me. <laughs> well, you know. Uh, which know. kind of makes sense, you know. They're not going to say, "Oh, the advertising was a real disaster." Nobody liked it. <laughs> nobody liked it at all. Well, nobody watched it. Nobody liked it. Um, <laughs> I mean, if it is actually targeted, I and mean, this is the thing they don't talk about, is that they don't talk about how they targeted, what they talk, whether well, they it was targeted because they did a limited audience, didn't they? I mean, <laughs> Where well, North London, North particular London, suburbs, you know, right? Okay. The, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I think eventually you're going to have to get to the point of, of narrowing it down to more than just chunks of a hundred thousand homes. It's going to have to be much more narrow mm. than that. Well, you can do that in a cable network because obviously it's divided oh, up into these little, um, what do they call them? The, uh, you know, the fi- almost some fiber to the hoe, but they have the nodes, don't they? Yeah, exactly. Each From node each node, you could... A couple of hundred homes yeah. or homes passed, yep. not even yep. homes subscribed to. But even then, you so could you get the set-top box to switch to a particular ad based on what the set-top box knows about the particular household. So it earns this yeah, income. Yeah, it knows precisely like, where the house is. Yeah, exactly. So, so it could be on a street-by-street um, street basis. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. so there's lots of scope for... Um, targeted advertising mm. um but uh that in vod is ideal because it is a one-to-one but exactly when it's broadcast then you've got more challenges exactly. anyway enough of this advertising malarkey very interesting um what else is going on? what's going on in mobile a stuff 
in mobile stuff. I was thinking, um, have you seen any of the rumours about the new iPhone and are they uh, thinking of coming out with one with a front-facing camera? And yeah, so a new iPhone, two cameras, three point something megapixels. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fast downloads, unbound applications or, you know, lots of things you can plug into the bottom. I think, um, and there's, there's a rumour there's going to be a compass in it, which is great because I would really love to be able to have Google Maps that actually turned around depending on which direction I was actually walking in. That would be really handy. Does it not do that? Uh, no. If you walk along, you can, if you wait long enough, you can see the little blue thing move and go, I guess I'm working in that direction, but a little arrow okay, telling you which direction you're pointing. Or anything. No. Yeah. That would be but very that's pretty cool. standard. I mean, I, I've... Um, been playing with a little blackberry pearl recently and that mm-hmm. does that in a when you turn on the gps is really hidden in there mm. but there is one in it right and you turn it on and then it, you can choose to have north up or um or the route upwards mm, that, and that was pretty cool. accurate actually i must say but i think that uh but it was very well hidden in the the phone i didn't even know there was a gps <laughs> well i would i would actually really like it if my iphone had a battery life of more than about three and a half minutes it's the most frustrating aspect of, of the iPhone is that it probably lasts about six hours and then it dies. But I think that's the 3G element still, isn't it? I mean, I, I know when I was in Japan using a 3G phone, it really yep. just drained it super fast. Mm. But in general case, yeah. I'm just getting mail pushed to it. I don't really care about 3G-ness, really. So, yeah, yeah. But I don't want to have to go and switch it on and off all the time. And is your mail coming over Wi-Fi or...? Uh, no, I've... <laughs> I mean, to get any sort of battery life out of it, you have to switch off Wi-Fi, switch off Bluetooth... Um, right, so and, it comes uh, over 3G. And then 3G, mm. you can get a decent Can you switch off of 3G and say, give it to me over GPS? You can, you can, but again, uh, 3G is very handy if you're actually doing anything useful with it, like um, actually downloading Surfing. anything or bring on a web page or mm. Google Maps or something like that. Sure, uh, you haven't been grasped by a botnet and you're being used as my, a spam. May, maybe my iPhone has been taken over. My, uh, my iPhone sending spam. <laughs> Entirely mm-hmm. possible. Um, <laughs> it could be. That's but in, uh, in uh, other mobile TV news, we have BBC uh, taking over the domination of the world, or at least iPlayer taking over the domination of the world. Uh, and Ooh, they've got an interesting take on it. They're using Wi-Fi enabled phones, for example, right. the iPhone, and mm-hmm. uh, allowing them to watch video essentially over the web. Uh, and that means that they can do this to any phone with that sort of functionality without having to specifically have an application that runs on the phone itself. Okay, so have you given this a try? No, I haven't given it a try yet. Uh, I only picked it up. Turned our phones off. To <laughs> it's a bit hard. <laughs> <laughs> you have to let us know how it works. But I mean, you've got a little picture in the show notes here. Yeah, it looks right. Um, yeah, I guess you can just click and watch. Still, it's the screen size is currently one seven six by one four four pixels. That's rubbish, isn't it's it? It's not very high definition. Yep. Good enough for the news and something if you yeah, want to watch yeah, be, live TV. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Be fine for the news or, yeah, the news. When you was, that's, is that bigger than the resolution on your Skype phone? Uh, probably. Presumably you can access it from your Skype phone as I well. Should, I'll give that a go too. We'll see what happens. Yeah. All right, we'll do some tests and we'll come back next week and, and see what Check the... Uh, I mean, they're saying it's mobile TV and I guess to a lesser or greater extent it is, but you still need to be on a Wi-Fi connection at the moment. Yeah, so. mobile, but don't wander far from the... Uh, <laughs> Well, presumably you can get it over three. Oh, it won't stick it out over three G. I don't uh, know. Honestly. Not yet, they say, but hopefully. How eventually. does it know? I guess mm. it can detect where I you're guess. coming in from. I suppose. Yes. Anyway, let us know. Indeed, let us know how that goes. That sounds very interesting. So, uh, um, gaming news. Gaming news. Um, little snippet here that uh, Sony. I don't know, this is a bit of a headliner. Sony may drop UMD for retail PSP game. Well, mm-hmm. there's one game they're looking to maybe sell. As just a download. 
Right, so they're doing this as a bit of a trial to see if it Yeah, I think it, it, works. it sounds like a cracking game, doesn't it? Patapon 2. <laughs> I don't do know, you, what was do Patapon, you Patapon like? Patapon 1? No, I don't. I, no I mean, idea. I'm surprised they haven't done this before. Everything else has got its own online store. What, what's Sony been doing here? I thought you could download um, like PS1 games for the PSP. Ah, oh, yeah, like that's that. right. And you can download content, but only in Japan. Yeah, exactly. Mm. There's Sony TV stuff. Um, and you still have to pay so, $15 for this game, so... Um, this corroborates more than one rumour which has hinted at a UMD-less PSP, which m- may also have a slider design and a touchscreen. Um, yeah, well... That would be cool. Then it sense it's like a phone then, isn't it? It is. <laughs> I mean, you can um, get Skype for the PSP, so... I, I was thinking about getting a new uh, a new PSP mm-hmm. when, I pimped, when I sold my bricks, my other one, and sold it, but... Um, I didn't. <laughs> it's one of those things. It's just well. Yeah. I mean, I've got a few mobile games on my my iPhone, uh-huh. which I play a little bit. Um, mainly poker. Well, <laughs> uh, blackjack actually, blackjack. Excellent. Um, but I don't really. I don't play. And I've paid for a few games as well. Have you? Mm. Have you paid for a few games on there? You got World of Goo or something? Or on my on my iPhone? iPhone. Yeah, uh, Flight Control is my personal favourite. And uh, we were talking oh, about yeah, that last week. But um, uh, my iPhone actually forgot its entire memory this week and I had to restore from backup so I've been gradually trying to remember the apps that I had and re-downloading them so <laughs> I guess I'll find out which ones I really use and which ones I really don't. Exactly. Well they say there's a bit of a half-life on iPhone games. You know, about five minutes. Yeah. And yeah. I mean uh, for 79 pence or 99 cents or whatever it is you can kind of play it a few times and go hmm. Exactly. Well. And it just yeah. takes up screen space so it's probably a good way of cleaning it out actually. Yeah. Every now and again well. Um, you picked up a nice other section here. Mm. Um which is a haptic car, isn't it? Which is a bit... Tell me about that. Well, we're... First of all, what's haptic? Remind <laughs> me again. Well, we're often talking sounds about... sounds like something from Egypt. <laughs> we're often talking about uh, user interaction with machines and how we communicate with devices to get them to do what we want them to do. Yeah. Uh, and uh, using human movement or physically uh, pressing or moving or... Ha- and there's lots of different ways of interacting with, uh, uh, mm-hmm. with devices. Uh, and this is kind of a car door that pushes back. Is that yeah, right? so it uses ultrasonic sensors to detect movement around the car and accelerometers right. like in the Wii remote uh, to monitor attempts from those inside the car to get out. Uh, and so what is... <laughs> it says, you shall not get out. <laughs> you are not allowed. Well, it, it, it gives you... I mean, the example I'm thinking of here is, is actually taxis where, you know, you're in a taxi, you open the door to get out and then, you know, the door gets sideswiped and uh, you get taken out by a car running past the actual yeah, taxi, right? Exactly. So uh, the idea here so is that... the taxis, they lock the uh, the dangerous side so you can't get out. Uh, well, there'll be another solution, but uh, yeah. this one uh, identifies you trying to, to get out, identifies the fact that there's a fast-moving car nearby, and then makes mm. it harder for you to open the door uh, to remind you that there's an obstacle nearby. So it doesn't stop you. It's just going to have to push a bit harder. Yeah. But and then you fall out <laughs> into the path of the speeding vehicle. That's the, right. Uh, you had to push really hard. But, uh, it's but that's quite cool. I mean, to be honest, I mean, cars have had kind of haptic feedback for a while. It's like power steering mm, that's true. would get lighter as the car goes faster. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it? it used to be really, you know, lots of power at the beginning and then less at the end. So you could argue that's kind of like haptic or is that more the behavior of the car i'm not i'm no car expert yeah but um, certainly giving feedback in terms of what you're doing by yeah. uh, by responding to your movement yeah absolutely and car tech is quite uh, i mean that's why the, i mean the formula one season has, has started again mm-hmm. and car tech is always a bit you, know, you see stuff in formula one like um they've got the regenerative braking now in this season i mm-hmm. think where they've got like the turbo boost button and 
Um, Fantastic. They had, uh, I guess, stability control and mm-hmm. traction control. All that stuff started in Formula One. But they, these kind of things make it into uh, production cars, I guess, quicker and quicker these days. And there's been a lot of announcements um, in the UK today about um, electric cars being, being the way moving forward. the economy towards. And it's quite, it's quite a good um, gambit for the you know the western world who doesn't have lots of oil to say yeah hang on um if we need to reduce our carbon mm. commitment by 22 percent or whatever by a certain time if they can say if we can move to electric cars by by these deadlines that will instantly reduce the um mm. carbon emissions because there's, there's quite a high amount fantastic coming out there um so uh it, but you, could you hold out till 2011 for an electric car i mean you don't have a car anyway do you <laughs> no but uh I mean, in London, you don't really need one. You can definitely get away without one. Mm. Uh, Did I tell you I've, I'm getting an electric bike? Cool. Um, you have to have a look at GoCycle.com. It's a Formula One design. That's a bit of a segue there. Formula One guy designed this uh, electric commuter bike. And is it? So does it look uh, kind of cool, or does it look kind of? Oh yeah, it does. Well, look I cool. think you, you know, you look, it does look cool to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you have a bike so license? No, no, it's, it's not a motorcycle. It's a it's a push bike, but it has a oh, right. power assist. Oh, okay, cool. But the all the the motor's really small, right. and the battery you can't see the battery. It fits inside the um, serious the frame. That's amazing. So um, let's have a look at it. GoCycle.com. All right, we'll check that out. This month's GQ. <laughs> I was there before. <laughs> Excellent. And, um. So um, yeah, no, it's a, it's an interesting thing, and also I'm looking forward to reading a copy of um, Wired has come out in the UK. I know mm-hmm. our US listeners have had Wired for ages, but we've got a um, just come out in the UK. Fantastic. So, have to have a looky see at that. Anyone's read it? Give us a little review. And we'll talk about that maybe in uh, 106. Indeed. And uh, I'm at uh, NAB in uh, Las Vegas next week, so hopefully we'll have a, mm-hmm. some sort of report from there to see what's happening in the world of broadcast and entertainment yeah. technology from the US. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> we'll see how we go. Good luck. Yeah, let me know how you get on the tables. I recommend the... Um, blackjack tables uh-huh. in Planet Hollywood. Okay, you're on. I'll be Brady. there. But make sure you sit away from the girls. <laughs> Otherwise, your your eye won't be on the camera. Oh, I see. Good idea. Good idea. Good idea. So, uh, All right, that probably wraps us up for this week. Indeedy. So, thanks for listening, everybody. Do, again, send us your feedback or comments or uh, anything you want to say on iTunes. That's cool. That'd be great. Feedback at onthecouchpodcast.com. And we'll catch and you in we 106. Look forward to um, getting inside your ears in 106. Indeed. So goodbye from me, James. And goodbye from Ian. Cheers. Bye.